welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah. On this podcast, we navigate the world of trauma in the perinatal period, both personally and professionally. Justine and I believe what is uniquely beautiful about this podcast is that the you as our listener can be the perinatal professional or the you who desires to have a family, has a family, or may have lost children. We hope you can find what you need as you listen, connect with our vulnerability, and feel witnessed in others' experiences. We talk about trauma on this podcast, so please take care of yourself and meet yourself with kindness and grace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. This is Justine, and I'm excited to hear Sarah's quote this week. I have absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about today. And do you want to just jump right in, Sarah? Yeah. So this week, this quote spoke to me because I had seen a thread like running through my work with my clients, this confusion around their like instincts and the belief of their feelings and doubting trust in their body, a feeling of like hopelessness that things might be able to change. And so it made me reflect a lot on how I practice and what modalities I bring into the space. And one of the things I'm really excited about is starting in February, I'm going to working on my certification for internal family systems therapy. And so I was doing some reading for that to prepare for the training. And this quote was one in the book, which is grounded me and reminded me why I'm choosing to be trained in this type of therapy. So the book was Internal Family Systems Therapy, second edition by Richard Schwartz and Martha Sweezy. And the quote that just jumped out at me was, just like the body is equipped to heal physical injury, we are equipped to heal emotionally. It's, a, it's very it's like short and sweet. Mm-hmm. What was it about it that you felt, you said it kind of jumped out at you. So what was it that pulled you to it? I was just sitting there reveling in my, I was actually listening to it while I was working out. And this quote came on like, just like the body is equipped to heal physical injury. And anybody was watching our live yesterday, I have a physical injury right now in my eye. And I just was sitting there being like, well, my eye is annoying. It's miraculous that my body is just doing what it needs to do Mm -hmm. to heal. Like I don't need to like hawk it into healing or like give it tips or tools. It just is knowing what it needs to do. And and even while my body's healing this part, I'm still able to be physically active and pushing my body. So even that like healing that's happening doesn't have to take over the power of the rest of my body. And then to hear that point, we are equipped to heal emotionally. I just was sitting with that being like, Of course, why wouldn't our bodies be able to heal emotionally since our bodies just naturally know how to heal physically? They would go hand in hand. And where does that doubt come in when our life has been touched by these like injuries of trauma? And how do we help clients reclaim that belief? Because even after a trauma, if you have some physical trauma, your body moves through that physical healing. And so can we lean into that fact that are emotionally, we have the same capability. So what I'm sitting with is, I guess, a series of questions and hesitations on my part, because 
one of the things that I struggle with with this quote is a kind of resistance inside of my body, which comes up, which says, but I'm not healed and I haven't healed naturally. And that's why maybe I'm here seeking help or why I'm feeling distress at the fact that my trauma has come up again when I wasn't necessarily expecting it. And there's also this feeling of like, and I know that this is not what you believe or what, you know, probably this book suggests, but the sense of like, well, if our bodies just heal, then does that mean that I just wait for healing to happen for me in this sort of like natural way? And then there's another part of me, which I'll share as well. So I guess I'm getting a fair amount of resistance here inside of myself. So the other piece of resistance that I'm getting is this feeling of like, well, my body sucks quite a lot and doesn't actually heal itself necessarily very naturally. I mean, yes, it does. Like if I scratch myself or, or something like that, but the scars of old injuries remain. And I don't necessarily trust my body very well to do what it needs to do in a sensible way. I have quite a lot of autoimmune diseases. And so I have a kind of complicated relationship to it, my body's functionality and its sort of ability to recognize what parts of it it needs to direct its healing energy towards and it it sort of misfires. And so I guess, yeah, I'm I'm kind of struggling a bit right now because I want to love this quote and I want to affirm and, and validate its power. And instead what I'm getting is this sort of like resistance inside of me that's like, oh, but, but what if? And oh, I don't know about that for me because I feel quite, yeah, like I I'm maybe in a body that doesn't work so well. And I'm, you know, here I am with trauma that doesn't necessarily heal just like that. So I'm wondering what your response is to that resistance that's coming up for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, when I reflect on this quote, that's not how I take it at all. I don't think healing means an erasure of our past or Mm. an erasure of our story. So our body heals and we have scars it's just a representation of the journey before us, you know, and healing is not something that just happens and it's over, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I think this continuum we're walking on. So maybe I have a major injury and like I hurt my hip, but I can walk again, but there's still pain. Like my body has learned to walk and to heal in the best way that it's could. And, and how do I now move through this new way of being in the world? And I, think what stuck out to me as this quote too is the word equipped. Like we are equipped to heal emotionally. Like the tools live within us. And I think that's what Dr. Schwartz is trying to get at with IFS therapy is that it's not the counselor or the medication or the doctor or your doula or your midwife that allows you to heal. They may journey with you on it, But the healing comes from the unlocking of the resources and the tools that have been equipped inside of you. And this person walks with you and helps you re-witness these parts that you may felt you have lost because we just can lose sight of 
the strength that does live inside of us. And I do feel sometimes that our clients can think that we have the power or we are the reason why they're moving forward or stepping forward into whatever their healing is going to look like. And this is just a good reminder for anybody who works with people that truly the gift of their healing and their hope and their strength should be grown from inside their soul and their being. And so it just was a beautiful reminder that like, yeah, like no one tells your body how to like close up that wound. Just like, I don't need to tell you how to get up in the morning and feel stronger. I can ask you questions that you can figure out what works for you when you need to get up on a day when your trauma is feeling activated. And we can go through that. I don't know how to get you up. Only you and your internal understanding and empowerment knows what truly is going to step you forward. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I think an interesting response to my questions, because I think that that focusing on that that word equipped does reframe it a little bit for me, because I guess it's that equipment is not necessarily easily accessible to us. And sometimes we might need help and support in finding those resources that do lie within us, but that we haven't been able to access necessarily or been able to access in a way that facilitates us on this path of of healing. And then to take the analogy with the physical wound, because trauma is the word for wound and talk about trauma doctors. Often those are the doctors that work in ERs and and are dealing with physical wounds. And, And then in the context of this podcast, trauma is primarily talked about as as a, a mental wounding or wounding of our souls. And but if we take the the analogy with that physical wound, then I can see how, yes, our body is equipped to heal wounds, but it does sometimes need, depending upon the size of that wound, it might need the support of medical care. So uh, I'm thinking of the time that my then four-year-old needed stitches in his chin because he had fallen on a rock and opened up a wound. And that the body knows how to heal that wound. The stitches don't the stitches don't do the healing, but they hold that wound in place mm-hmm. for the body to then knit itself back together in a way that is most helpful. <laughs> and he is now left with a fairly faint scar that you can barely see. And I guess that 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 piece of so that that kind of support around the wound was necessary for optimal healing. But it was the body that then did its work. So kind of taking that analogy back into the analogy, the the side of the mental health and how do the professionals who support people in the perinatal period scaffold around their clients this 
supportive energy and supportive space and practices and questions and presence and being, because I think we often don't heal from mental and emotional wounds in isolation. Mm-hmm. Much of the time, we need to do that healing work in relationships with others. Yeah. And so that's the piece, I guess, that I'm I'm kind of grateful for this conversation to take us towards, because I think that it's that being with others and needing that support that I want to, that I know is so necessary. And I don't want people to feel like we are suggesting that healing just comes. And if you wait for it long enough, then then you will know what to do or how to do it. Yeah. I think about what you were just saying about the stitches and that it held the wound until your body could, your son's body could take over and do it on its own. And I think of, that's one of the gifts we give to our clients is we hold them until they're able to witness that they can do this on their own and that these skills have always lived inside of them. Maybe that part got shut down and quieted in childhood if that's where their trauma came. But it's like a reawakening of that part in a different way and not from protecting us from the pain. But like if that part didn't have to protect us from the pain, what gifts would it give us instead? And so we're allowing these parts to reawaken and move into their own healing through that holding space. And I just think we all need that reminder of the giving over of the power in the space to our clients. Because when we have trauma, we feel stripped of power. And we feel that the world feels unsafe, that we are unsafe, our body is unsafe. And if our clients walk away thinking that their healing journey came to be because of something we did versus something they did, then I get really nervous that our client, if they stumble or if they're triggered or whatever, they're going to feel like they're not capable Mm. to take that on versus how do we hold them so they can see their own power. And I think in many ways, the process of pregnancy and birth forces us to honor and hold that knowledge that we can't do it for our clients. And so for the those who are listening and, and who do support people throughout the perinatal period or who are maybe pregnant themselves and, and preparing for birth and postpartum, you know, one of the, the messages that, that I often share with my clients is this idea that your brain, the thinking part of your brain, doesn't tell your body or the other part of the brain that sends signals to the body how to grow a baby. We're not thinking to ourselves, okay, now's the week to start focusing on ears. And so do that thing that you need to do with the ears to, to make them ears. And likewise, our brain, that thinking part of our brain doesn't tell our bodies, okay, now it's the time to go into labor. So 
let's do it. Or even here's how to do a contraction. All right, go. Contraction, please. Body, right? Like it's not, so we don't think our, our way into those processes. Our bodies do them. And so you don't need, yes, it's useful to have a lot of information about pregnancy and birth and postpartum, and that can help relieve a lot of anxiety and it can help us make good choices. But we also don't need to know how things work in order for our bodies to do what it needs to do to grow and birth our babies. And for those who are in that supportive role, we can't take over that process from our clients. We can't, you know, as much as we we would love to be able to grow a healthy baby for them because that would relieve the anxiety that maybe this baby or this pregnancy may not be healthy. Or we might wish we could help take over the process of birthing this baby because then we could control it and if our client has certain wishes, then we can direct it in a certain way so that those, those wishes most likely to be come to fruition. Uh, we have to let go of that and just allow this process to, to happen and, and to create that supportive scaffolding and that space around this person to do what they need to do and to, and to honor what the what the story will be and and what story emerges from that journey and so this conversation makes me think that actually like the field that we're in and, and the world that we exist in actually requires us to sit in the position of not being able to take over the process of what is happening for our client and really to honor whatever story it is that that they are walking with and that they are writing as they go through whatever it is that they may be going through with us. Yes, yeah, so I'm wondering what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be hard to sit in a space where you, like I remember I used to say to my therapist all the time, like, I just wish I had a window in my belly so I could like just peek in and make sure my baby's okay and I can imagine being the therapist on the other end like so wishing you could give that person the window mm-hmm. or that you could give them something that would take that anxiety or lessen that anxiety but what she did was sit with me in that just that feeling that I was holding knowing that she cannot give me that or shift it And she gave me acceptance and grace that like holding this anxiety was okay. And that it didn't mean I didn't love my baby and it, and reminding me that probably the anxiety that I was holding was a necessary thing. And that when it comes to a point where it's not necessary anymore, Hmm. that it would shift and move and go where it needed to go. And that is as soon as I saw my babies in full form outside, you know, that anxiety just floated to someplace else. Hmm. And I think that's what I think about when I think about this quote too, like healing isn't perfection. Hmm. Healing isn't having something just like be plucked away very quickly. Like 
healing is sometimes sitting in it. Like I had to sit with that anxiety for nine months. And the reason why I was able to sit with it is I had people along the journey of being like, this is normal. It's okay. Is there anything I can do today to lessen it? Mm -hmm. And it will move and be different. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to move and be different because of something they did. Mm -hmm. It's because something will shift inside me that allows it to be different. One of the things as I'm listening to you share the story that I keep on coming back to as well in this conversation or in my thoughts is, is this, uh, the words that you opened with, with your clients sitting with confusion around their instincts and ability to trust their body. And then the flip side of that is the doubting of their body. And it brings me back to this question. And, and again, this, this resistance that I have within me in this conversation around our body's ability to heal or our body's ability to do the process of whatever it might be, whatever is necessary. So it might be healing or it might be carrying a pregnancy or it might be birthing a baby or it might be breastfeeding. These are all things that we are equipped to do. And they're all things that can also go tragically wrong sometimes. And that for some people and for some bodies, it's not as simple as that. And I think that the messages that we often have around the perinatal period, particularly from, and they're good messages. Don't get me wrong. Like I like these messages, right? The, the messages of you can do this and you've got this and this is a natural process and your body knows what to do. And I like these messages and I want to impart them. And then there's another part of me that always has this. And I want my clients to believe this, right? Like I, like I, but I also want to hold space for the doubt. Like as, as you were saying, like your, your therapist enabled you to sit in that doubt of, I don't know if my baby's going to be okay. I don't know if this pregnancy will last and, and go to term. I, I don't know if my body can do this thing. And sometimes we have to hold our clients through the fact that our bodies don't always do what they're designed to do or supposed to do. Sometimes we might be walking an infertility journey, or we might be walking a miscarriage journey, or we might be walking a, a stillbirth journey or a journey of birth trauma or a complicated pregnancy regarding our health. We might be walking a journey where breastfeeding is not easy. And I guess I'm kind of struggling still with finding that right balance between the and, and I always struggle with this. This is not something that that's kind of new in this conversation. I struggle with this balance of that belief in physiological birth most of the time works. That is a kind a type of birth, a birth that doesn't require a lot of intervention, that we should be supporting. And we should be giving our clients the confidence that actually most of the time that's totally possible. That yes, you can that can be a goal if if that is something that you wish for and you have a 
healthy pregnancy and there's nothing that's indicating that 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 won't be the path that you could walk then not only should you have confidence in in that process but the system should be set up to facilitate it it is that it is outrageous that the system actually undermines this kind of a birth but also at the same time balancing that with an understanding that we do need medical intervention sometimes that births can be complicated they can be dangerous that that outcomes can be tragic and that it's not always simple <laughs> this is the, the this tug of war i guess within myself that i'm sitting with and and so i'm i'm hearing in what you're sharing with us today this really beautiful trust in our clients right like this like we need to sit in the belief in their knowledge and their wisdom about themselves and what they need and i guess that's where what you're saying is so powerful and i'm also kind of swirling around in my brain are these other questions that keep on coming up for me around yes but sometimes we don't know what we need to do and sometimes or sometimes what's happening within us might be a seeking for healing or a, that is leading us towards paths that are not necessarily helping us or we might be struggling in bodies that don't do what we wish they would do mm-hmm. yeah i hear the the depth of what this can mean and i think going back to the quote it says physical injury so it's not discussing you know if we do have infertility issue like these are things like this is talking about like you know I stubbed my toe my you know it's mm-hmm. sometimes our bodies are not going to be equipped to have a child and it's not and how do you help clients sit with that and i think sometimes again our society gets stuck with the word healing it must mean like joy and light and sunshine and just all the pain you feel is gone that is not healing and someone may believe that i do not healing is being able to hold and encompass and sit with the darkest of darkness and the days of light and all the in between and so my counselor in allowing me to honor the anxiety that I was holding, I learned that I can sit with this scariness, with this heaviness, with this weight, and it didn't break me. It consumed me at times, but I found my way to breathe through it again. So now when I step out in other parts of my life and that anxiety comes in, I'm like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. I've held you for long times before. And I will breathe again, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I know I will resurface. And I think when we're working with our clients in this depth of their pain, it's the trust comes from them learning that they can sit in it, that we won't leave them in it. Because the work I do, we we dip our toe in and I always tell them, I will pull you back out. We will not end today's session with you in the pain. And before we go back into it, I'll say, like, does it feel safe to go process that? You know, they always have the power 
to say yes or no or not today, but we sit together with it and they learn that it will not break them. And those parts can then see that they can live in a different way of being and they're not trapped in that pain. You're reminding me of something that I used to tell my therapist years ago when I was doing a lot of work around processing the trauma around my rape experience. And what I would say was what I wish, what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to put the the bucket, I was imagining a well, imagine an old fashioned well with a bucket. I'd like to be able to lower the bucket down into the well of this trauma and decide how much water I'm going to scoop into the bucket to raise out of the well and drink from and how much water, even after having raised it, I might want to pour back into the well and have complete control over that process of lowering the bucket and deciding how deep to go. So what part of the well am I going to gather the water from, as well as how much am I going to take up and how much am I going to put back? And I think that for me, that's been a a really powerful image uh, throughout the years afterwards of thinking about what feeling in control of my own sort of story looks like, right? So if you, if the water in the well is the story, then that control over that bucket is something that, that feels like healing to me. And it doesn't mean that that well doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. and that it's not dark. It is a pretty dark well. And so, but I've never wanted to not have access to it. So before I was in therapy, I shut it away. I, I've sealed it up, all that water into a, a box. And, and unfortunately, what I found was that the box was very leaky. <laughs> and so after a few years, the, what was in the box would seep out. And sometimes it would feel quite uncontrollable. And so this is the other reason why this image of the bucket in the well was a powerful one for me because I had control over that lowering mechanism rather than what was happening previously was this leaking, uncontrollable leaking from the sealed box that I had no, I didn't know where the key was. So I didn't necessarily know how to open the box in a way that was helpful or or safe. So your story reminded me of that because we often think that healing is this return to to joyousness and that the the trauma is as though it never happened. It goes away. There's no, it's all done. We're, we're all okay with it now. We found the light. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been much more about how do I access that material in a way that feels safe? Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know why we got to that point in society where it's like, oh, just, you know, just move on. Good. You don't even think about it anymore. And it's like, that part of me will always be distressing. When I think back to what happened to me, it will never be okay. That person's injuries on me will never be okay. I don't ever have to accept them. I don't ever have to forgive that person. I don't have to let go of it to be the person I am today. It can be a part of me 
and I can feel like I'm in a beautiful place in my life. And some days are hard and some days my trauma gets triggered and, but I don't need to like release it or erase it in order to feel full again. I can feel full with all the feelings I'm holding, even on the days that it's harder. And I think that that ability to feel, right, which is something that when, particularly if we have a a history of dissociation that numbs down our ability to feel, that ability to feel that the fullness of both the joy of life and the flip side of that, the pain and distress, is something that we can scaffold our clients with it around, right? Like that that's what often we're we're enabling. Whoever you are when you're working with someone, you're if you are creating that safe space for whatever the feelings are around what it is that is happening or has happened, then that opportunity for experiencing whatever needs to be experienced safely becomes possible. And there are a lot of feelings in the perinatal period. Mm -hmm. It is the most intense physical and emotional and mental two years, three years, depending on how you classify it from maybe longer if if you're trying to conceive for a while. So depending upon when you you define its beginning and define its end. And the amount of physical and emotional and mental experience that we go through during that time, I just don't know if there is over the sustained period of time, I just don't know if there is something to compare with it. And in that time, what we need is we need people who can allow us to feel it and don't try to shut that down. And our society does a terrible job recognizing even a tenth of what it is like to go through that journey. And what we're supposed to feel is upon the moment of pregnancy is nothing but joy. Mm -hmm. We may be allowed to feel a little bit nauseous for a few weeks, but not not for too long. Mm -hmm. No, not after the first trimester. Not after the first trimester. Mm -hmm. So nothing but joy until the birth of the baby, which is again, nothing but joy, happiest day of your life. And nothing but joy again. Because aren't you so grateful you have this beautiful baby? I, I mean, like, it's so reductive what we are expected to feel. Or we're maybe allowed to be tired afterwards. So joy and tired. Just don't be too tired. Don't complain too much about it. And so I think that often what we experience from others is a lack of tolerance for the range of experience that we might be going through throughout this journey that can encompass a lot of grief or trauma or fear, anxiety, depression, sadness. Maybe it's not, you know, full depression, but, you know, we're allowed also to grieve our previous life. I mean, there's just so much that we 
experience and transition through. And that's just some of the emotional places we might be in. It's not even thinking about what it's physically like to carry a pregnancy and birth a baby and feed that baby from our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think listening to you speak makes me think about what my takeaway from today is. And I think it's a reminder of the depth and breadth of what healing is and it means and encompassing this full scope of it. And it's making me have the desire to connect with each of my clients to just check in on what does healing look like for them? Mm. Would that journey be or what is that hoped experience for their healing? Because we all probably have a different desire when we come to see what that looks like for us and remembering the uniqueness of it for everyone. And how do you sit with that uniqueness? And how do you sit with that even if it feels different than what you might hope for them? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to be walking away with today. Thank you for that. You know, I think what I'm going to walk away with today is it's a little bit different from from normal, but it's it's a feeling of gratitude actually for this conversation and and the the relationship that we have, where it feels safe for me to come into this conversation and respond authentically to a quote that you bring in that maybe brings up some of that resistance inside of me and so I'm I'm just grateful for this relationship and for that ability to share authentically thanks everyone hope you enjoyed our conversation today take care thank you for listening to this podcast episode and if you liked today's content please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend or colleague And if anything came up for you on today's episode, please take a moment today to take care of yourself, reach out to some supports in your community, and if necessary, reach out to a local mental health professional.